How do you define capacity for a team that does non-project work in addition to project work? And where'd you get the badass theme song? That's this week on the Badass Agile Podcast. Greetings, team. Welcome to the Badass Agile Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Williams. Hey, guys, welcome back. Thank you for tuning in. Listen, we've been building a backlog of listener questions, and it's just piling up, and it's time to start digging through them. We have two really great ones this week. The first one is from Augusto who asks, how would we define work capacity for a highly technical IT team whose members deal with both trivial and non-trivial problem resolution? The same team works with complex project work, the team uses a physical Kanban board, but the team's work capacity is not defined yet. Well, that's a really great question. And there's a couple of different ways you can approach this. And the first thing to do is ask yourself why you want to measure capacity. There's two reasons why you track work capacity. One is to understand the work capacity and the resource loading of an entire team of people. And the other one is specific to a project to understand how quickly the team executes on scope so that you can figure out, roughly speaking, how likely you are to deliver a certain amount of scope in a certain amount of time. The second one is really useful to us in Scrum and in Kanban too, I suppose because it helps understand the likelihood and the, the, the probable accuracy of release planning. In order to trade off old waterfall practices of project planning, which predicts that we'll be in a certain place at a certain date and time, Agile tends to want to trade that for saying, listen, we're going to do work in priority sequence, and based on the speed at which we do it, we think you're going to get release feature A by release date 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, and so on. But if you have a technical team that's working on a project, and let's say they're doing it in Scrum and they're doing it in two-week sprints, but then you have this completely variable and non-predictable overhead of people being pulled away to solve technical problems, then you have to make sure that that's reflected in the promises that you make on delivery. So let's run through a scenario. You have a team, and they've figured out that sitting in a vacuum with no outside interference, they can execute four stories a week or 32 story points per sprint, or it doesn't matter what measurement you choose. So the first thing you have to do is baseline that performance. Now, if in the process of baselining, the team gets called away to go and service some clients or deliver on some support calls, that's going to affect your baseline, but it's not going to affect it in a consistent way. Sprint one may have a spike of 50% overhead for technical support. Sprint number two might be 10%. So what will happen is your actual baseline will normalize over an extended period of time. It might take you three months or more to create an accurate baseline of how many story points or stories the team can retire per sprint. Now, in my view, the support that you do on the product itself, so you build a product, then the product breaks and you have to fix it. Over time, the cost of fixing those defects becomes part of your capacity or your velocity. Now, there's a case to be made for keeping the estimates for support work separate from the estimates for project work. Because if you include the estimates for non-project work, you're not truly understanding the velocity of that project, but instead the overall work output of the team. 
So the same question applies if your team is working on three different projects at the same time. Do you measure the throughput of the team or do you measure the velocity of the project? They show you very different things. So if you're using a Kanban board, I suspect you're probably more interested in understanding the work capacity of the team as a whole, in which case you should be estimating or assigning estimates of some kind to both technical support tickets and to project work. Because remember, anytime you prioritize work, whether it's inside a single project or whether it is across an entire team's priorities, anytime you prioritize their work, you have to balance the value you get with the cost required to get you there. So to sum it all up, if you're trying to understand the team's throughput on delivering a piece of software or any piece of value, then you should really only estimate the product-oriented backlog items, understanding that whatever number you come up with and normalize on as your capacity or your velocity really only represents something less than 100% of the team's time and effort. So you simply accept the fact that where if you were going full bore, you might get 20 stories done per sprint, but because you have to do support, you can only manage 16. The upside of that is that it's helpful to understand true team performance on the product, so it's really good for helping to estimate release dates, but it's not so good in understanding the overall capacity of the team and the corrosive effect that all of that support work has on product delivery. So that's a great question, Augusto. Thank you for asking on behalf of the tribe. All right. Our next question comes from Selena. And it's, what is the song clip you always play at the beginning of your podcast? I want to find it. Smiley face. Well, Selena, you're now my new favorite person. Thank you for asking. There is no title or name of the song, and you won't find it anywhere because I wrote it specifically for the podcast. Now, I happen to have my axe with me today. So I can show you a couple things about it since you asked. When I first started the podcast, I had something sultry in mind, and it was a little more, you know, bluesy, like, uh, and that quickly didn't work. So I, you know, wanted to bring up the gain a little bit and create something a little bit more metal. And, um, and then I did something that they call drop detuning, which is taking the guitar and tuning down the lowest string to make it even lower. So it sounds like this. There we go. So now we have something that sounds a little bit more badass. And then uh, one of the big problems with podcasts is that you can't use other people's music uh, you know, as much as I would like to. Uh, I actually prefer to write my own. I'm a musician at heart and, and I've been a guitar player since I was seven. So it made sense to make my own. So what I did was steal some things from some very popular you know, metal songs from my favorite era in metal, which is probably you know, the late 80s, early 90s. And then now more in the 2010s, there's some really great stuff going on. But at the time we had Metallica's Black Album where you had a song called Sad But True. So the very first part of the opening theme song is kind of a nod to that. It's basically the same riff, but structured differently and backwards. So the... And then it's followed immediately by something that I took from Zach Wilde in his days with Ozzy Osbourne from a song called No More Tears, which is a a little um, drop D open string riff that sounds like this. Mm -hmm. 
So played at speed, that's, you know. And uh, the last part on the outro before we leave the show is uh, a nod to Black Sabbath and, and all of the metal that came out of the, oh God, starting with probably late 60s, early 70s through the 80s and beyond. A lot of it was influenced by you know, British metal bands like Sabbath and Zeppelin. And one of the things that Sabbath popularized was the use of something called the tritone, which is the diminished fifth note. So in the open D, the diminished fifth is this note here. That just sounds evil, doesn't it? So the last part of the um, the outro riff includes the, uh, the the tritone or the diminished fifth, like this. And then it uh, back into. And there you go. You'll hear it on the way out, I'm sure. But thanks for asking about something that I'm as passionate about as agile and leadership and inspiration and podcasting. So, um, yeah, we'll be changing the, uh, we'll be changing the opening theme pretty soon for the sake of shaking it up and you'll all have a chance to vote on the new riff that'll be used in the theme song, but only if you're a subscriber to the weekly mailing list. So make sure you're signed up guys. Thank you for your questions and thank you for tuning in. So great to have you as part of the tribe. You can reach out at badassagile.com or find me on Twitter at badass underscore agile. I look forward to seeing you next time. And until then, stay badass.